Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Outsider Sports Podcast. Ryan Balliot here once again with Ben Mandel. we got another great show for you here today. Ben, you looking forward to the final weekend of the NFL regular season? Yeah, it's always exciting in the NFL when you have exciting matchups in the final weekend of the year. Teams' seasons coming down to one game. This is what it's all about, and it can't be any more exciting than this. Yeah, a lot of excitement. Uh, moving forward, but we just want to take one second. Obviously, earlier this week, just an extraordinary sad event took place. Demar Hamlin. Um, it's been well covered over the course of the week, and thankfully, over the last day or two, at the time of recording this, it's been nothing but good news about Demar's health. He's, I believe, off ventilation. He's communicating. He even Facetimed in with the Buffalo Bills uh, organization and his teammates. So, it's great to hear that he is on the road to recovery as we move forward. But obviously the NFL had to adjust some things and we'll go over that. So as of right now, Kansas City, if they win against the Raiders, they'll lock up the one seed. And from what I make sense of it here, if the AFC championship game involves Kansas City and then some combination of Buffalo and Cincinnati, they're looking at using a neutral site uh, for that AFC championship game, as well as we turn our attention then to the Bengals also affected. So they essentially already locked up the AFC North due to the no contest that was ruled. So if Baltimore beats them this Sunday, and then if those two teams were to match up against one another, the location of that playoff game between these two teams would t- be decided by a coin toss. The NFL sure does love some coin toss controversy. <laughs> um, but that's what we're looking at as far as that goes. So Ben, how how do you see some of this stuff shaking out involving these teams, not just this weekend, but as well as looking ahead to the playoffs? Well, the big thing is, you know, overall an unfortunate situation um with Damar Hamlin. Thankfully, he seems to be progressing in the right direction. Now, looking at this for football, I mean, that was a game for the Bills and Bengals that both teams were looking to win for positioning. Now, with the way it stands, the Bengals do win the division. So the Ravens now, not necess- they're looking to win this game just to have a chance at a home playoff game which would certainly be interesting to see a wild card team have a home playoff game and then have to play on the road the rest of the way if they were to advance. Now, uh, looking at it from Buffalo's standpoint, this game against the Patriots, as long as you win, you still have a chance to not have to play a road game throughout the playoffs. So the Bills still have a chance to keep that part of their season alive. You look over at the other teams, though, that where this really might shake out differently, it's the Patriots. You know, the Patriots might have come into this week a little bit differently, not necessarily from the way they're prepared, but they might not have been playing Josh Allen if this game if the Bills had beaten the Bengals and had already locked up that top seed in the AFC. Yeah, we're certainly in unprecedented territory due to unprecedented circumstances that, as you said, thankfully, Mm -hmm. things seem to be turning around for DeMar and his family and everyone involved. But 
we talk about New England, and this is a big kind of chase for the seventh seed in the AFC. So right now, the New England Patriots have a hold of that spot. Baltimore is a wild card team, but they could, as you said, it'd be weird for them to host a playoff game. But the Chargers have another wild card spot locked up. So it's New England. And then right on their heels, the Miami Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Buffalo, New England, the Dolphins are playing the Jets, the Steelers playing host to the Cleveland Browns. All of these games taking place at one o'clock Eastern in that time slot on Sunday. So we'll know by about four 30, which of these teams will be in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, on the show last week, I was really confident that the dolphins were going to find a way to get things done. Well, it seems like I was wrong about the dolphins. Granted in my defense, I said, Teddy Bridgewater is serviceable. He didn't really get the chance to be that serviceable, not playing uh, in the second half. So the Dolphins, little uh, a little handcuffed here with their quarterback situation, you know. But the team I I said to watch out for last week, a uh, team that seems to sneak in, our buddy James Dodders, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, shout out to James. Shout out Mike Tomlin has yet to have a losing season in the mm-hmm. NFL. It's helped out by the fact we have that extra game. So he's looking to go nine and eight here this year. Well, still not a losing season, though, if the season ended this week, because eight and eight, not a winning season, but not a losing season. season, And from Mike Tomlin, he has been fantastic throughout his tenure with the Steelers. And I know he had a lot of talent. And when you have Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell carrying the team for that one stretch when they were really dominant, upsetting to not see that era win a Super Bowl. But still, you know, they they have had just talent. And I mean, maybe even if you think about it, those guys who when they left the Steelers, didn't really light up the world. I mean, Le'Veon Bell was solid for the Jets when he actually played. Antonio Brown, they yeah, won a Super Well, he lit up the he lit up the news stories for for different reasons. But he never actually got. He was never what he was in Pittsburgh. And there were a number of other guys who have similar fates. James Conner. I mean, I know he can't stay healthy, but he also hasn't performed the way he did in Pittsburgh. Mike Wallace. Do you remember him? What did he do when he left the Steelers? You could convince me he's still a a fifth-string wide receiver somewhere out there. You know, but his name was never really heard from. I think he played for the Ravens a bit afterwards. And I actually thought that would have been a good move with Joe Flacco's big arm and Mike Wallace's speed. But maybe there's something to Big Ben. I don't know. Maybe there's something to Mike Tomlin, though. And, you know, the guy has just done nothing but win since he's taken over the reins from Hall of Famer Bill Cowher. Yeah, the Steelers snuck in last year with a good amount of help. They'll need it this year again. They need New England and Miami to lose. And point blank, Ben, I think the Steelers do it. At the end of the day, I see Buffalo beating New England. I think they're going to play with a lot of emotion, a lot of heart. They'll want to go out and win this weekend. And Miami's starting third-string quarterback, Skylar Thompson. And this is a Jets team that will not be starting Zach Wilson. They'll start the guy you just mentioned about his his days in Baltimore, Joe Flacco. And the Jets have been about what I thought they'd be going into the year. They're not going to be as bad as people think. They're going to be competitive. And they're competitive in just about every game they play in. And that's in part to Robert Sala's defense and some of these young 
budding superstars on offense like Garrett Wilson. And I think Miami has struggled this entire season when Tua is not playing quarterback for them. Tua is not playing quarterback for them this week. So I think the path for Pittsburgh to get that seventh seed is more open than it was when they got it last year. I agree that it is more open because I I do believe that the Dolphins are just really handcuffed at quarterback. Now, remember when Tua didn't play earlier in the season against the Jets, the Jets lit them up in New York. And Zach Wilson, I'm pretty sure, was the quarterback. Granted, Brees Hall was the running back still before his unfortunate injury. Now, I do think that the Bills are... That may be a winnable game for the Patriots, or it may not be. Because you also have to realize what the Patriots are coming into on Sunday. I don't care what the the Bills are fighting for and playing for positioning-wise. None of that is going to matter when the Buffalo Bills take the field and when those fans and Bills Mafia is in Orchard Park on Sunday at 1 o'clock. They're going to be playing for one cause and one man only. And that's the same man who wrote down on his whiteboard because he couldn't speak. The first thing he asked was if the team won the game. All right, so moving on then. So the big game we thought it was going to be, the regular season finale turns out it'll be Saturday night in prime time, the more or less the AFC South championship. So our episode last week, we reacted to Tennessee kind of resting a lot of their key guys in anticipation for this game. The winner between the Titans traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, they will win this division. It's been a very poor, disappointing, underperforming division this entire year, but someone has to win it. Someone's going to be the fourth seed and host a playoff game. Tennessee has really limped their way down the stretch here. They hope they have one more win in them. Jacksonville is playing very good football. They're getting hot at the right time. How do you see this one shaking out? This has... 2020 NFC East division written all over it. Um, that was when Jalen Hurts came in for, or, or I believe Nate Sudfeld came in for Jalen Hurts, and the Eagles threw the game against Washington, putting the Commanders into the playoffs and not eliminating my New York Giants, who will return to the playoffs this year, thankfully. Well, the fans are excited about that, but um. Yeah, this AFC South has just been rough. If you had asked me at the beginning of the season, Tennessee, Jacksonville, winner-take-all game, you didn't tell me what the records were. You just said these two teams were playing winner-take-all, and not to mention the fact the game will be in Jacksonville. Now, I don't think it's that important that it's in Jacksonville as much as that it's not in Tennessee. Still, I would have told you Tennessee would win that game. Without hesitation. Right now, there I don't see any scenario where Tennessee's going to win. Unless Trevor Lawrence just absolutely chokes and Jacksonville loses. Which, we've seen him turn the ball over when he has played loose and aggressive and tried to win football games. So, in a big game like this, this is going to be the biggest game of his NFL career so far. How is he going to come out and perform? That is the only question and determining factor. If he has a bad game... That is the only chance Tennessee has a chance to win this one. Yeah, a lot of eyes will be on their televisions for that game Saturday night. Trevor Lawrence really having the rookie year we thought he would have, but, you know, the Urban Meyer year, well, let's throw that one out. 
he certainly has lived up to first overall pick status down the stretch this year. Even earlier in this year, they won a few games where he flashed, and that's what it was last year and early this year. It was he's showing flashes. Now it looks like he's sort of really more put it together. So I think, yeah, Jacksonville, I'm with you. They're the favorites in this game. Let's turn our attention now over to the NFC. We have another, we talked about the AFC seventh seed. The NFC seventh seed is also up for grabs. The Seattle Seahawks will play the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions who have been eliminated from the playoffs a few weeks now. The Seahawks are in position if they win this game, then there's still motivation for Detroit to go out and win and ruin Green Bay's season. But if Seattle loses this game, that means our NFL regular season finale between the Lions and Packers will be win and you're in for both sides. Yeah, I think I want to see win and you're in because I want to see Detroit in. But I also, you know, I, I've really enjoyed watching Geno Smith this season and his I can't even say Cinderella story anymore at this point because it hasn't been that good as of late, but it's still been fun to watch Geno Smith resurrect his career. And I still don't think he's going to be a very good quarterback anywhere, but he has solidified himself as at the very least an NFL backup for the next seven to eight years because he's just not going to play any games to prove he's not good. (laughs) But he will get backup roles, play a game here or there, but this one season has proven that he can do it. And I really would love to see if maybe it could translate to some playoff success, especially because he was a really fun player to watch at West Virginia. Yeah, I thought I think the Jets Gino's, had a steal when they drafted him. I think Gino's done enough this year to warrant uh, another year as the starter in Seattle. Um, there's, I mean, obviously Seattle owns Denver's first round draft pick which will be a rather high draft pick to maybe get in on whoever you think are the top quarterbacks Bryce Young CJ Stroud whoever else will get into that throughout the offseason but I think Gino's done enough you know he get he just fits this team so well you know the locker room his teammates there's Mm -hmm. so much love to go around that I think regardless of if they reach the playoffs or not I think you look at Seattle looks like it's a fun place to be that might attract free agents. Like I said, they have a lot of draft capital to get another infusion of talent on this team and they can maybe take another step next year. So I think Gino's done enough, but I'm with you. I, I would love to see Detroit in the playoffs, but I just think how scary it would be. Aaron Rodgers finds a way into the playoffs they seem like Green Bay. They're figuring themselves out. Their defense is playing really well down the stretch. They're finally funneling this offense through their great running back duo of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. They're a team that I think could find some some playoff success if they get in and have the right matchup. Especially because that seven seed very well could be playing the Minnesota Vikings, who are viewed as one of the weakest two seeds and the biggest frauds in the NFL. Now, while I think the Vikings are a talented team, I do agree that they are the most beatable of those top three teams between the Eagles, Vikings, and 49ers. I do not want to see the 49ers in the playoffs. And the Vikings, if they win and San Francisco loses, will 
catapult back into that two seed. Now, Green Bay could end up getting matched up with San Francisco in San Francisco if the seeding stays the way it is currently. Just to let you know, San Francisco plays Arizona. So I'm not so sure I would bank on San Francisco uh, losing that game, but who knows? Stranger things have happened, but Arizona will be without DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if uh, James Connors likely to play. I don't think play. it's going to matter, to be honest. Yeah, likely be won't. A quarterback. Hey, as long as it's not Trace McSorley, Arizona might have a chance. That's true. Let's that go true. on. Our last topic here, uh, the NFC one seed chase. So a lot of this will be determined in the NFC East matchups this final week. Right now, Philly, they had an opportunity these last two weeks to clinch it. They did not beat Dallas. They did not beat the New Orleans Saints. That was with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Jalen Hurts expected to make his return when the Eagles face off against your New York football giants, who are essentially locked into the sixth seed. So we were talking about this earlier. Do you see the Giants resting some of their key guys while the Eagles have actually a lot to play for here? I mean, the smart ant, they've been very quiet, it feels like, about this. it feel I think they they want to show that they can play with them. But at the same time, I was saying to you, if Saquon Barkley gets more than seven carries, that's just not smart. Like, the guy has been a workhorse all year. Why would you kill him? Now, I I did just pull up uh, the New York Post, uh, did have a story. I know the Giants are talking about uh, their excitement going into this game because they, they really felt like they were embarrassed the first time they played Philly. And if the Giants were to get through that first round of the playoffs, their first matchup would be against the top-seeded Eagles if they lose this game. Now, do you really want to go into Philly after getting blown out two times? Not so much. It really, really, I think, is a big mental game. And that's that's really what it's going to come down to in this one. The Giants, even if Saquon Barkley only plays a little bit, what is your mental factor in this game? How do you stack up with Philadelphia? How do you go out there and compete? What's the compete level? Did you just get blown out or did you did you show that you belong on the field with them? Because last time out, you did not belong in the field with them. The offense couldn't move the ball. Now, I also said to you earlier, give Daniel Jones two series. That's it. I don't care how they go. Let Tyrod Taylor come in and play the rest of the game. Daniel Jones, has. this is the first season where he's been fairly healthy throughout the majority of it. This is the first season where he hasn't missed significant time due to an injury. Let him get some rest and get ready for that playoff game. Or, God forbid, he does get hurt in that playoff game. Tyrod Taylor now has some fresh legs against one of the most legit defenses in the NFL in Philadelphia. If you can move the ball against Philadelphia, you can likely move it against any other team in the league. Let Tyrod get some time. Let him get fresh. Let Daniel Jones just keep it keep it going. He had the great game against the Colts last week. Let him go out there. 
get a couple series in, keep it fresh, keep it moving, keep yourself in the game, but let Tyrod take the rest of the game. Don't let Daniel Jones get his head taken off by those gigantic bodies that Philadelphia puts up front. They've got some big bodies up front, and they've got some really good pass rushers. And the Giants' offensive line, which has been better as of late, is still kind of questionable against that good of a front. Yeah, I think I saw a stat earlier today that Philadelphia's starting front four, they're one sack away from having four different guys having 10 sacks on the year. So they are serious up front, one of the better defensive fronts. But Daniel Jones having a career year, you want to keep him a little fresh going into the playoffs, but absolutely key factor number one, keep everyone healthy for the Giants. They might end up facing, as you said, the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs. And they're a team that almost knocked the Vikings off just a week or two ago. So the Giants certainly have a path to success here. But I'll tell you what, Dallas and San Francisco are rooting for the Giants to win this game. They both have an opportunity as well at the one seed with a Philadelphia loss. Can you imagine San Francisco? You said they're a team no one wants to meet in the playoffs with a week of rest with that first seed. (laughs) Oh, boy. I do have to ask, because I actually don't know this, and I want to see if you do. I remember Shanahan saying that Jimmy G was not done for the year. Can he come back? It's funny you mentioned it. I think before we hopped on here to record this, I just did see Garoppolo might have a chance to play uh, with a late postseason push. So certainly that week off could help that them. That week off could be huge, because a late push likely means Brock Purdy only has to get you through the divisional round. And guess what? If you get the one seed and the Giants knock off Minnesota, Brock Purdy might just have to beat Daniel Jones. Yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, if Green Bay gets in, then Brock Purdy might have to beat Green Bay. <laughs> And I'll Aaron tell you what, he Rogers. might not have to do he might not have to do much. Aaron Rodgers does not have a good track record against the 49ers. San Francisco just went into their house last year in Lambeau and knocked them off. So Oh, San Francisco, they are just a, a physical team. And I have said this now. The first year Green Bay went 13 and 3 under Matt LaFleur. The w- biggest loss that jumped out at you was the 49ers in the regular season. And I'm pretty sure that game was in Lambeau. And the 40, either way, the 49ers just threw them all over the field. Now, this is the year the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, and they did it again in the NFC Championship game in San Francisco. They just absolutely, I mean, Green Bay was out of that game by halftime. So I do not trust Green Bay against San Francisco at all. But at the same time, Green Bay might be a little bit more dangerous than the Buccaneers. Yep, it's tough to bet against Aaron Rodgers, but it's tough to bet against Tom Brady too. The couple old heads still hanging around here. But Aaron Rodgers does not have his spot in the playoffs locked up just yet. We'll see how that unfolds Sunday night. I think that'll do it for us today. Thank you for joining us and listening in with us. And I hope you all out there enjoy this final week of NFL regular season football. We'll see you next week as we look ahead to the playoffs.